Girlfriends, episode number 349, Six Ways to Dive into Advent. Hello and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom and I'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance and joy in family living. This week we're talking about Advent. Can you believe it is already here? Let's get started. girlfriend. Thanks so much for being here. I love connecting with you on the podcast. And if you are a first time listener to Girlfriends, I want to give you a special Advent welcome. I am overjoyed to make this connection with you. If you're a sometimes or longtime listener, welcome back. So this week, we're going to be talking about Advent. And before I share with you my six different ideas for ways to dive into Advent, I want to first of all, just kind of encourage you to think about what your approach to Advent is like. I think there's a lot in kind of Catholic culture, uh, Catholic family culture that focuses on living the liturgical year, which is great. But sometimes we moms, we can translate that into, and not just moms, women, I think in general, can kind of translate that into projects. Uh, And, you know, like, you know, making the the cupcakes for the saints feast day or making this kind of bread or making this little popsicle stick craft for this particular feast day. And, you know, during Advent, I feel like all of that stuff is on steroids. First of all, we have so many saints days. If you tried to celebrate them all to the max, you would exhaust yourself. But just the, you know, the season as a whole, like even just your social life is probably jam packed in the, in the month to come and, you know, school activities and, Uh, concerts and all of these things are going on. And yet, I think sometimes we can fall prey to this idea that we have to like make Advent for our families. We have to create it. And that's exhausting, first of all. And second of all, it's not true. Like that's not what Advent is. It's supposed to be a spiritual season of preparation for Christmas, of preparing your heart to welcome baby Jesus. So I'm not I'm not dissing liturgical living. Okay. It's great. And we've done tons of it. And if you enjoy it and it gives you life and you love it in your family, go for it. But I just want to encourage moms who sometimes might feel overwhelmed this time of year by all of the things that there are to do. And if you go on social media, you'll be like, oh my gosh, they're making the St. Lucy crown thing. And oh my gosh, there's just always something every time you turn around. And I I just want to encourage anybody who might be feeling that way that you don't have to do that stuff. That's not what Advent's about. You can have a very, quote unquote, successful Advent season when it's not anything that you actually do or create or make. It's really much more about opening your heart to receive Jesus in the way that he wants to come into your life right now. So I think, you know, having the season of Advent is is very appropriate as we're, you know, preparing to receive baby Jesus, you know, before we, we receive a, a baby in the real world as, you know, a mom is pregnant, like, you know, we prepare, you, you read the books, you, you buy the, the crib sheets and uh, the piles of onesies and the diapers and, you know, you prepare. So we need to prepare for baby Jesus. And, Yet, it's not something you're going to create. I think that sometimes our ego or our pride makes us think that. And it really is a temptation because if it's something you can do, then you can fail at it. If it's something you can create, then really, it's not worth a whole lot, you know? (laughs) 
you know, so, you know, don't put that pressure on yourself. That's, this is, this is my takeaway. I, I want you to, if you're feeling any kind of that pressure, figure out the source of it. Maybe there's um, someone you're following on social media that kind of leads you in that way. Maybe there's a friend of yours. Maybe there's books that you've been reading or old ideas that you're holding on to that are making you feel that way. And I want to encourage you to step into this Advent season with a different approach. Not so much as it's something you're going to do, but something you're going to enter into and be open to. You know, years ago, um, and I think they still do this campaign there, you know, there's a famous Catholic speaker who does kind of like that you can sign up for these emails and um, he kind of promotes it as your best Advent ever. And, And same for Lent too, I think, your best Lent ever. And as much as I can appreciate that, like, we all want to have our best advent ever. I don't appreciate the kind of focus on like achievement or accomplishment that's kind of implicit in those words. Like maybe your best advent ever is going to look uh, like not accomplishing anything, but, you know, stepping into something and being receptive to what God wants to do in your heart, the work that God wants to do in your heart this advent season. So, Anyway, that said, I've got six, and these are very simple, simple ideas for your best Advent ever. (laughs) I guess I'll, I guess I won't call it that, but just to dive into Advent, to make the most of this season, to, to do what God wants you to be doing in the weeks that lie ahead. So this is how simple they are. First, do something more. Second, do something less. Third, give something more. Fourth, give something less. Five, read something more. And six, read something less. So I'm not telling you these things. I'm, we're going to go through them one by one. But I'm not telling you these things so you know you have to do them all. I'm just trying to inspire you a little bit, encourage you. And maybe what you're going to end up doing this Advent is going to look like nothing on my list. But I want to encourage you to just kind of think about this kind of a simple approach to Advent, which has nothing to do with creating crafts on a Jesse tree. You can still do that. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. But you don't have to do that to really make the most of this Advent season and dive deeper into the relationship with Jesus in the way that he wants you to. So let's talk about the something, the do something more. So this might be taking on something. So, you know, in the girlfriends community, we did, um, we're just wrapping up now at the end of November, No, No November, where we each kind of took on a new commitment. And it, it was sort of in a negative, like breaking a habit. So that'll, that would be on the do something less. But it was just simple. It was something small, like do something more. Maybe you want to do, you know, s- some more minutes of prayer each day. Maybe you want to add five minutes of prayer to a time in your day when you don't usually pray, whether it's first thing in the morning, uh, with the kids before they go to bed at night, or maybe you want to do something more in a very practical sense, like being present to the people in your life. Like maybe you want to spend more time in a deliberate way with your husband or with your kids doing something more. You know, I can't tell you exactly what it would be, but we all have ways that we can improve kind of incrementally in different areas of our lives and they involve making a commitment. And what I have found, especially as we've gone through No, No November, is that these good habits build on each other. If you're kind of going in a negative route, if you're kind of not holding true to your commitments or, you know, living up to your priorities in the way that you think you should, 
that kind of has a way of spreading to all the different aspects of your life, right? So if you're not like eating well and not taking care of yourself nutritionally or not sleeping well or, you know, not putting the time into your relationships that you ought to be, that it kind of spreads into other parts of your life, right? You start cutting corners in other places. But the good news is the opposite is also true. So making one small little commitment to do something more, maybe it's going to be five more minutes of prayer in your day. So where would that be? Maybe on a lunch break if you work. Another thing that you might try to do, and, and it's it's kind of nice to just set it a very small goal. This is what No No November was all about. I We had to kind of control ourselves in the community. <laughs> if someone was kind of like, okay, and then I'm going to do this, and then I'm going to do this, and I'm going to take on all of these other things as well. And just be like, no, 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 just pick one little thing. So as you're kind of considering your Advent, I want to encourage you to pick one little thing. Maybe it's going to be, and this is a, a kind of fun, well, I don't know. It depends on your personality. Maybe if you're kind of dorky like me, you, you would enjoy this. I did this one year. It wasn't during Advent. I forget what season it was, but where for a set period of time, I set an alarm every day on my phone. I think it was for like 3 p.m., a time when I thought I normally would kind of have a lull in activity or in between things. And whenever that alarm went on, I then would set my timer for 10 minutes and just declutter something clean out something, clean out a drawer, clean out a closet, uh, tidy up the bathroom, you know, throw in some laundry, walk through the living room and pick up all the random stuff that had piled up in there, whatever it is. And I found that was so enlightening because first of all, it gave me the regular habit of every day kind of looking around at what could I declutter? What can what could be tidied up a little bit, which then establishes the habit of doing that on a regular basis, which means things don't generally tend to get totally out of control when you're attending to them. And it also opened my eyes to just how much you could accomplish in 10 minutes. Kind of crazy. Like there would be whole chores that I was putting off, like I dreaded them, but they could be accomplished in eight and a half minutes, you know, like stupid. So maybe something like that, if if this is something that you struggle with staying on top of uh, housekeeping or clutter in your home, doing something like that. And just for the season of Advent, like just, and, and, and not because like necessarily decluttering is going to prepare your heart for Jesus, but, you know, having that discipline and, you know, offering it up if it's hard for you. And also, you know, the physical act of decluttering, I always find as I'm doing it, it kind of lends itself to a spiritual parallel where you're getting rid of the stuff, getting rid of the stuff. You know, Marie Kondo has this whole book in philosophy about letting go, right? So like giving away things that don't spark joy. We've talked about Marie Kondo here on the show before, and she's not Catholic, but I think a lot of her principles could be applied with a Catholic mindset of not being attached to material goods. In my book, Giving Thanks and Letting Go, which is published by Ave Maria Press, I talk about the stage of life where, you know, my big kids were growing up, but it, that was the letting go part. But there are whole sections of the book where I talk about exactly that, kind of that parallel between letting go of stuff that even we might have emotional attachment to as having a spiritual counterpart of clearing out our hearts, clearing out the clutter inside opening ourselves up, making space. You know, when we talked with Beth Bubick about fasting a couple of weeks ago, she was talking about emptying yourself out to make space for Jesus. I mean, fasting for sure can do that. Um, but decluttering has a way of doing that. Physical space in your in your home, you can make space in your home in a way that kind of reflects what's going on in your heart. So yeah, anyway, just a kind of fun 
gimmicky idea for um, something that you might do during the season of Advent. And it could be as small as that. It's not a huge commitment, right? Um, or you might set your alarm and then spend those, you know, f- set set your timer for those five or 10 minutes and spend that time in prayer, just doing something more that's very simple. And here I'm going to caution you that don't make your something more something that you have to like do 15 things to get ready. Like, you know, sometimes we get stuck in the getting ready to do things you know, that phase. <laughs> and some of us are, are more prone to this than others. But um, don't get stuck in getting ready to do the thing like, oh, I have to sign up for the class and I have to get the right clothes for it. And I have to, you know, whatever. It, pick something that you can just do like right now. You can just do it. Make it that simple. So do something more. And if you don't know what your something more might be, then bring it to prayer. Jesus has an idea for you. I promise you he does. And so, you know, bring that to prayer. Ask the Lord to let you know where he's calling you to grow closer to him in what way. What is something more that he might ask from you during this this season of Advent? All right. Also, do something less. Hmm. Yeah. Advent is a season where we're all doing so many things. You got to bake the cookies. You've got the school concert to go to. You've got different holiday party obligations, things at work, things at school, things at your church, not to mention all of the shopping and the hosting. And there's just something every time you turn around. Well, I want to encourage you to do less of that. Now, there are some things you can't get out of, but there might be some things that you are doing that you just like always do and it's so important, right? And maybe it's not. You know, I last year, and I had mixed feelings about this, um, every year when the kids were little, we would always do St. Nicholas. So this is one of those liturgical living things that we really enjoyed where the kids would put out their shoes uh, the night before December 6th, which is St. Nicholas's feast day. And I would put little treats and candy in them. And and sometimes I would go all out and like be prepared and order things online so that we had like these special little St. Nicholas stickers and cookie cutters and whatever. And that can be fun to do. Anyway, so I have such fond memories of that. Like that was a special day. Like we homeschooled and that was a day they didn't do school and they got to like, you know, play games and have hot cocoa for breakfast. And it was, it's so sweet in in my memories, right? It's beautiful memories of our family together. And so I have this emotional attachment to this idea of doing this thing. And yet last year, I think my boys were like, they had a basketball game or whatever, and they got home late the night before. And I've just got two teenage sons at home now full time. So they were the only ones at home. And all of a sudden (laughs) it occurred to me as I was kind of stressing about, oh, how are we going to do St. Nicholas? And they're going to put their shoes out and I got to make sure like all of a sudden I realized I don't I don't need to do this thing. And it was a little bit sad to realize that. And it's hard to let go of things like that. But it also was freeing that this is not necessary. Like I realized I cannot do this thing and nobody is going to even notice (laughs) except for me. Right. And so, you know, there might be something like that that you're holding on to that's important to you. And if it's really important to you, do it, you know, but if it's not and it's, it's causing you stress and you're holding on to it for emotional reasons or out of guilt or out of a, you know, attachment to the past in some way, you might let go of those things because that 
gives room for new things. Because as you're moving through life and you have different ages and stages of life, different commitments, different obligations, you're in a different uh, phase of life, there are new things that come that can bring you such joy, but you're not going to have the emotional and mental space for it, even maybe the physical space for it, if you're still doing all the other stuff. So look for something less that you can do. And, you know, it might just mean saying no to some things, some obligations, something that you always do or something someone asks you to volunteer for. You know, we we did a whole show once about the art of saying no, and it is an art. You have to learn it. And some of us are better at it than others. Women typically are pretty bad at it. We kind of have to learn this skill. Like, and I remember once my sister was kind of coaching me through letting go of something, doing something less, saying no to something. And I remember she told me, no is a complete sentence. Like, sometimes we struggle with saying no to things, turning things down, someone asks us to do or a party to attend or whatever, because we feel like we have to explain it completely to the person. And you don't. You can just say no. And yeah, you don't have to be rude about it. You could say something general like, that's not going to work right now. We can't commit to that right now. I'm not able to do it. (laughs) You know? (laughs) My husband is so funny. My husband, Dan, I forget what it was. There was some social situation that I was very uncomfortable saying no to. And he was a part of it, too. And I remember what his phrase was, was, I'm sorry, we're not able. That was all he said. I would never respond like that to somebody, you know, like, I'm sorry, we're not able. Like, (laughs) okay, but he was very comfortable saying that and it ended the whole situation. So like, you can say that. And it's it's mind blowing to a people pleaser, you know, like me, recovering people pleaser. But, you know, if it's too much for you, if it doesn't make sense for you, then say no to it, because what your no is, is actually something that you're saying yes to. You're saying yes to the kind of advent you want to have. You're saying yes to more time. You're saying yes to more peace. You're saying yes to more time with your family. All of these things matter. So do something less. All right. Next, give something more. I want to encourage you to think about giving. I mean, this is such a season of giving, right? And typically, you know, a season of gifts and a season of, you know, financial gifts. So you got to get it in before the end of the tax season and all of this. But I want to encourage you to think about ways that God might be calling you to give something more that's that's different from like physical gifts or even money. Yes, of course, if there are, there are causes you want to give to, giving financially during Advent is a beautiful thing to do. But, you know, spend a little time in prayer asking God where he wants you to be more generous. And I've done this before, and I've been surprised at the the ways that he's kind of nudged me toward giving time to people, for the most part, uh, giving people your your presence, lending your presence to people, being present for them, listening to people. That is the greatest gift that we can ever give each other, right? Because everyone wants to be seen. They want to be heard. Who are the people in your life who maybe aren't being seen very much right now, who are longing to be heard, who are longing for your company? Such a hard time to do that. But if you are saying no to some things, this can open up the time for you to do that. Who's the person in your life that that God wants you to spend some time with, that God wants you to call, connect with, drop by, visit? Spend a little time, you know, asking them questions and conversation. Might even be a stranger. I found myself before talking to strangers in various situations and realizing, wow, this person just really wants to talk, you know, like, and and you can be open to that. Look for the ways that God is calling on you to give some more of your time, maybe your energy, 
but mostly your presence and your, your listening heart too. Who are the people in your life who need you to give something more like that? All right. And then give something less. So this kind of relates to the doing less, right? Less time, maybe, that you're going to spend on wasteful things. So let's let's talk about that. Let's talk about um, time that you might spend watching television, time that you might spend uh, just scrolling mindlessly through your phone. And let's be honest about that. Like, think about what things you you come away from feeling like your your energy is completely depleted. Because a lot of times when I spend too much time on my phone, I get kind of lost in the world of Instagram or whatever. Uh, I'll come away and just be like, blah, like I just feel dehumanized or something and just become, you know, brain dead. And that's terrible. Like, what are the things that you come away from like that? Maybe it's too much television for you or too much time spent online, something like that. What do you, if I say like time waster, what comes to mind? Because we all have our, our pet things that we like to waste our time on, but give less of yourself to those things. Maybe there are like political arguments that you tend to get involved in, or even just petty arguments among friends that you tend to get involved in that you give yourself to, you give your energy to it by following it, by engaging in it. Maybe there are people who in your life that you kind of have these kinds of contentious relationships with. And I'm going to encourage you to give less of yourself to that. Give less of yourself to things that are leaving you feeling depleted or that are leaving you feeling dehumanized or, you know, whatever it is. What is the thing that you should give less to? Or maybe it's just something that you need to just not care so much about. What is God calling you to let go of? What are the things that you're clinging to that are, you know, causing you anxiety, that are, you know, taking your energy, taking your mental space, working you up about things that maybe you just don't need to care so much about? I don't know what they are for you. I know for me, it can vary, but sometimes it is about work things. Sometimes it's about relationships. Sometimes it's about recognizing things that you cannot control. You cannot control people. Sometimes <laughs> you cannot control, you know, sometimes work situations, professional situations. You cannot control world politics. You cannot control even your own husband. What are the things that you are holding on to that are causing you anxiety, that you're spending energy on, that is not energy that's well spent, it's energy that actually in the end is wasted because it's not accomplishing anything except perhaps taking away your peace? What are those things? So what are you going to give less to, give less of yourself to? And if you're not sure what it is, I encourage you to bring that to prayer because preparing your heart for Jesus, a wonderful way to do that is to ask him what's getting in the way, what you're giving too much of yourself to so that there's not much of you left to give to him. Ask him that question and then spend some time in, in quiet prayer, just opening your heart to what he might be telling you. All right, the next thing is read something more. So the big one, of course, is scripture. Do you read scripture every day? Do you have time for that in your Advent? Could you make space for that? this Advent. So I have to encourage you to check out the Girlfriends Community. You can join us over at girlfriendscommunity.com because we're doing something special this Advent. My good friend, Catholic author and speaker, Colleen Duggan, has put together this Advent program for the Girlfriends Community exclusively. So you can only get access to this inside the Girlfriends Community. Would love it if you would join us. And it's not too late. It's not too late to join us. So you can come on over to girlfriendscommunity.com. And what we're doing is the, this program that 
Colleen is leading us in is called Healing Hearts in Advent. And what we're doing is we're reading the book of uh, Luke, uh, the gospel of Luke, in one chapter a day. There are 24 chapters in Luke, so you can read one chapter a day and through the season of Advent. And we're, we're reading it together in the community. And Colleen is offering these beautiful, very personal reflections on your relationship with Jesus in the ways that Jesus is calling you and wants to heal your heart. Who doesn't need their heart healed? You know, you might not be a victim of trauma or abuse. Many are, and maybe you are, but everybody has things in your heart that have wounded you, things in your past that you're holding on to, maybe even things that you don't spend time thinking about. And the point of going through this Healing Hearts in Advent project is to just steep ourselves in scripture reading the the book of Luke one chapter at a time. That's simple, right? It doesn't have to be a big complicated project for Advent. Just reading one chapter each day and then using Colleen's reflections in the community. And I'm so excited for for this project. I, I love Colleen. She has a beautiful heart for women especially. And um, she just shares so beautifully. So you're going to want to be a part of this. And I'm going to encourage you, if you don't know you're something more that you want to read, or if you don't know a way to kind of structurally make scripture a part of your Advent season, this is a beautiful way to do it. So you can join us over at girlfriendscommunity.com and check that out. Of course, I have the link in the show notes. But if you don't want to do that, you can read the, the book of Luke by yourself, 24 chapters, 24 days, right? That's perfect. You can do that. Or pick another a gospel that you want to read through. Or maybe you want to read the Psalms. That's something that we're still in the process of doing daily in the girlfriend's community is reading the Psalms. And it's something I've never done before. And it's really a beautiful practice, beautiful way to get to know the Psalms better and learn to pray with them. Or, you know, reading something more, maybe you have a spiritual book that you bought. I think we all have these, like maybe in a stack on your bedside table, which is like stacked high of books that you bought that you know are good for you to read, but you haven't read them yet. Pick one. Maybe you're going to pick one and read just a few pages each day. Or maybe you're going to read one of the spiritual classics. Introductions to the Devout Life is one that I've talked about here before. And I have to give a shout out to the newest Ascension podcast, which is called Catholic Classics, where they're reading, they're starting out with Introduction to the Devout Life. It's um, Father Gregory Pine and Father Jacob Bertrand are reading through uh, these Catholic classics and spending a little time reflecting, just offering you some spiritual food on the different topics as you go through. That's a beautiful way to read a spiritual classic. So that could be something more that you read. Just get that podcast. Um, it's over at ascensionpress.com. It's called Catholic Classics. And it it launched, I want to say it was like a, a month or two ago, and it immediately went to the top of the charts in, in podcasts. Like people are hungry for this kind of spiritual food. So I want to encourage you to go and check that out. If you're not sure, like what what's the something more maybe? Maybe... God is calling you to read a, a spiritual classic like that. And that can be an easy way to fit it in your day. Like you could do it while you're driving or while you go for a walk or have it on while you're making dinner or that sort of thing. So um, no excuses. Find something more. What does God want you to read? What does he want you to be taking in, putting into your heart and mind? All right. And then speaking of what God wants you to be taking in and what he might not want you to be taking in, how might you read something less during Advent? So let's start with the most obvious one, social media. 
which can be 100% toxic. Maybe you want to just cut it out for Advent. That would be a beautiful commitment to make. But if you don't want to cut it out, um, maybe you just want to limit the space you give it in your life. Maybe only during, you know, a few minutes at a certain time of day, you're going to be checking in with social media. Like, have you ever been away from social media? Like you've been on vacation or you've been really busy with a work project or something with your kids and you come back and it's been like a week or something and you just open up your account and you're like, well, this feels like a foreign land, you know, like, and, and does that feel pretty good actually <laughs> to, to have been somewhere else, to have been disconnected from that? Because then it puts those things in their proper place. That is not real. That's not the world. It's easy to get sucked into something like Instagram and feel like this is the whole world. Or like if you're, even if you're like on Catholic Instagram, like this is the church. These, these are the people in the church. And of course they're real people and they're part of the church, but that's not the whole of it. Like that is not, you know, you should be connecting with people in your community and the, the world is so much bigger than that, than whatever's going on on that little screen. So, you know, look for a way to to read less, do less social media is really a beautiful way to have more time for quiet, more energy, more space, and ultimately more peace during the Advent season. But maybe it's not social media for you. Maybe um, reading something less would be reading less news, something that maybe you have a habit of doing or doing too much and it causes anxiety, causes stress. It's no good. I always just remember so clearly during the early days of the pandemic, Dan and I kind of fell into this pattern where at the end of the day, he would turn on the news at like, I don't know, five o'clock or whatever. And of course, there's round the clock news. And we would just kind of like at the end of the workday, <laughs> just sit there and just watch the news. And it was, of course, terrible, especially during that time. And, and you know, increased my anxiety a thousandfold watching that every day until one day I realized I don't have to do this. Like, this is not a good habit. This is not good for us. Maybe you have a habit like that of taking in news. Now that the election is over, we can all just take a deep breath and, you know, pray for our country and remove ourselves from some of that. Remove yourself from vitriol in your life, wherever it lives. And, and then really, you know, that frees you up to connect with the real people in your life, the real people that are in your living room, that are in your kitchen asking you what's for dinner. You know, those are the people that God wants you to have space for. So those are my six simple things. Do something more, do something less. Give something more, give something less. Read something more and read something less. But maybe you have an idea for how you're having your best Advent ever. <laughs> Hate that phrase. <laughs> but maybe you have an idea that you want to share. I would love to hear from you about what you're doing this Advent season and the ways in which you're making more space for Jesus in your life. How are you going to prepare your heart to receive Jesus? In what ways is God calling you closer to him during the season of Advent? You can email me your thoughts, your ideas, and your feedback at danielle at daniellebean.com or connect with me on social media or through Voxer. The link to connect with me on Voxer is in the show notes at ascensionpress.com. And when I mention the show notes, I do have to remind you, if you are not subscribed to the show notes, you're missing out. You might miss an episode. You're going to miss all of the links and resources that we share here every week. You're going to miss out on my song of the week. Every week I share a song of the week, just something I'm listening to and enjoying. And putting those together for you has been really a joy. And I'm, I think I'm going to put together a playlist ultimately. But right now I'm sharing just one song a week and you don't get it if you're not subscribed to the show notes. So to subscribe, text the word girlfriends to 33777. 
just pause right now and do that. It's that simple. It's that easy. Then we'll be connected and you will have all the information that we always share here on Girlfriends. So 33777, text the word girlfriends for people inside the US. If you're not in the US, outside the US, you can go to ascensionpress.com and subscribe there. All right, we've got more of the show coming up, but first, a quick break. I'm Danielle Bean, and you're listening to the Girlfriends Podcast. Hi, my name is Father Mike Schmitz, and we know, right, as disciples of Jesus, we need to be encountering God's Word on a regular basis. We need God's Word to transform our minds, to move our hearts, and yet if you're anything like me, sometimes you sit down to read the Bible and just you fall asleep, or you get caught up in the names, in the events. It can be a confusing set of books. We've created an answer, and the answer, we think, is the Catholic Bible in a Year podcast. It is produced by Ascension and hosted um, by me. For more information, you can go to ascensionpress.com slash Bible in a year. Welcome back. Now we're at the point in the show where I like to share a little bit of listener feedback, sometimes a listener question. And this week I got an email from Courtney and Courtney says, hi, Danielle, I love your podcast and always appreciate your insight. I heard you once say that you struggled with morning sickness with your pregnancies. We have a 14 month old and I'm only a few weeks into this pregnancy, but I am already struggling to get through the day. Any suggestions? I know that God truly used the suffering of my last pregnancy to transform me into a more present, trusting person. I just feel so weak and miserable. And I know that I have a long road ahead of me. It's hard not being the mom that I want to be to my toddler. Thank you, Courtney. Okay. First of all, Courtney, I my heart goes out to you. I completely understand that feeling of feeling weak and miserable and just looking ahead like, how, how can I do this? Um, yes, you're right. I did struggle with a lot of, I call it pregnancy related sickness because morning sickness is a terrible misnomer. I mean, I could have handled it if I was just sick in the morning, but it was like an all day, every day, a horrible thing. I always would lose weight in my first trimesters. It's just awful. And so I totally get it. So I'm going to be praying for you. And I want to encourage everybody listening, please pray for Courtney. Pray for all mamas who are, who are suffering with any kind of pregnancy complications or symptoms in any way right now. And um, so know that we're going to be praying for you. And I'm going to say, I wish I had some perfect answer for you. It's, there's no perfect solution. It's really, it's really just hard. You know, a young woman in my life who recently was going through this at the start of it kind of came to me and it was her first pregnancy. And she was like, what? I don't understand. Like, what do I do? How do I do this? Like, how did you do this? You know? And I'm like, I had no great answer for her, except like, sometimes life is really hard. And sometimes in life are extra hard. And when, whenever you are challenged in life, whether it's because of a pregnancy or it's because of illness or it's because of, you know, caring for a sick parent or any kind of crisis in your life, just, you know, sometimes some things are just very hard and we have to get through them. And, you know, with the grace of God, we can. And each time I remember, um, so, but there are some things we can do to kind of make it a little bit easier on ourselves. First of all, just taking everything off your plate that you possibly can. Whatever things you're feeling like, oh, I have to go to the thing or I have to do this project or I have to keep up with this kind of housework or some things, just take it off the table. Like you will catch up to that stuff later when you're feeling better. And if it's, if it's at all possible to take it off your plate, do that. 
And now is the time. And hopefully for you, Courtney, it's not going to last the entire pregnancy. But then, you know, then I want to encourage you to get whatever help you possibly can. That might mean hiring help if it's in your budget to do that. But it could mean asking for help from friends, from neighbors, from your parents, from your in-laws, from people at your church. And that might mean help with your toddler, childcare, help with shopping or help with laundry or meals or whatever it is that you need. And of course, your husband. And I think that sometimes we hesitate to ask for help. And I, I hear what you're saying that you're you're not being there, being the mom that you want to be for your toddler, you know, but even early on, our kids learn from us and our example in how we handle these things that, you know, sometimes even even your parents are weak. Sometimes even, you know, a 14 month old can only understand so much. Right. But even with my my little kids, I remember like, you know, when they were just toddlers themselves, that sometimes they needed to just learn that, you know, mama needs a rest right now. Mama needs to lie down. And that's just that's part of life. Like other people have needs as well. And so it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing, even though I know it feels like it. It, it, you know, you're not present in the way that you want to be, and ultimately you will be. You'll get back to that. But right now, it's a natural part of this stage in your family life. It's a hard part of your family life right now, and so I'm just going to encourage you to have peace about that. That you can't control it. You can't make it go away. You can't snap your fingers and make it go away. But also find some simple things that can help. And and for me, it definitely meant getting the rest that I needed. I definitely did much better. It was more manageable if I was well rested. And then, of course, figuring out what kind of eating you can possibly do. And for me, that varied by pregnancy, truly. Like sometimes I remember with one of my kids, I just ate uh Kellogg's corn pops, which is so disgusting. And yet that's what I wanted. And I could eat that with a little bit of milk and I could keep that down. Um, I, and then with, I, this is so memorable to me with my last pregnancy with Danny. I, you know, so at the time I had <laughs> seven older kids, so that was challenging, but I had older kids who could help as well. So, you know, different stages of family life. But I remember I would just get through the day and Dan would come home from work and in the evening after the kids went to bed, he would grill a steak. Like I could eat a steak. He would grill a steak and then we would sit and we would just binge watch Lost together. Like <laughs> such, such strong memories of that. And I would just eat a steak and that's it. I would just eat a steak and then go to bed after watching hours of Lost. And that was what I could keep down. And so it might be something ridiculous, you know, that you're able to keep down or, you know, that you're able to manage nutritionally. But don't worry yourself about, you know, having guilt about how you're eating or what you're eating. Just do whatever works, whatever can keep you functional right now and looking to just keep some nutrition in your body. So I wish I had a magic solution for you, Courtney, and I know you're not even looking for one. But first of all, know that I totally understand what you're in. And I have, you know, just commiseration for that. I completely, my heart goes out to you. I know that's a really difficult thing you're going through. And I'm going to be praying for you. And I want to encourage everybody to be, everybody listening to be praying for Courtney. And let us know how you're doing. And finally, just, I, I want to encourage you to know that God knows all about where you are. He knows about the hard thing that he's calling you to right now. And he's going to give you the grace to do it. And it might be messy in some moments. It might be really a struggle in some moments and, you know, literally messy if you're throwing up. Just know that God is there with you in it and that he knows all about it. 
he knows that you're there and he's going to give you the grace that you need, the specific grace that you need for the specific things that he's calling you to right now. God bless you, Courtney. All right, that's all the time we have for today, but I want to encourage you to connect with me outside the podcast. So what does that mean? Join me in the Girlfriends community over at girlfriendscommunity.com. I have so loved getting to know some of you there, talking more about the topics we share here in the podcast. We have live video chats on Wednesday evenings, and that's been a real joy getting to see some faces and hear voices and just really interact and get to know each other. It's been a real joy being a part of that community with you. So if you haven't checked it out yet, I want to encourage you to go over to girlfriendscommunity.com. It's a beautiful way that we can go further with the podcast, and especially during the season of Advent. I want you to join me there. I want you to be part of Healing Hearts in Advent with all of us in the Girlfriends community. But for today, I want to thank you for being here. Thank you for being part of this podcast. Just your presence here is so encouraging to me, and it makes you an important part of the Girlfriends community. So until next time, I hope you enjoy your day and God bless your week. Girlfriends is a collaboration between DanielleBean.com and Ascension, the leader in Catholic faith formation.